a new church, so some things work, some things don't work so well. This was working great. Now the wheels are giving us an issue. Anyway, let's have a word of prayer, and then I will begin with this sermon here for today. I'm going to start with a little illustration. And uh, so if you'll bow your heads with me as we begin. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness. As I often say in private, I, I pray here in public for Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. I ask that you would, uh, and I'm claiming that you have already stretched out your hand and put your words into my mouth so that your words would be spoken. And not only would your words be spoken, I add to that as well that you would help everybody online to see and to hear. And may everybody that's here today physically, may they hear, but not me. May everybody hear you. And that is our corporate collective prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So if we could have, if the kids, it's almost like a second kid story today. So if the kids are comfortable, if they want to come up front here and uh, help me with this illustration here. And uh, I, I, Sammy, where's Sammy at? Sammy, he, he comes to our Tuesday night Bible study. He's very helpful there too. Wonderful, wonderful young little boy. And he said he might, he might be able to help me bring my little illustration here. <coughs> so we'll see here. <coughs> All right, so you can kind of be over here. So, uh, a while ago, I was watching a seminar, and uh, this this um, teacher was giving the seminar to a class full of, of college students, and uh, the class was about, uh, they were business students, and the class was about, like, some of the classes that some of your parents have been to, because when you get a little bit older, you will be going to, and it was very fancy and sophisticated, and the, and the teacher was up front, and all the students were in their chairs, sitting nicely like you're all doing this morning. And at, at the end of his long talk, his talk was about time management and priorities. Well, learning what's really important. But your words can only do so much. And sometimes when you act it out and you, you, you do it, you learn so much more. It's like you kids are fantastic at doing stuff and being active. And that helps you learn a lot. So he ended, he said, well, let me show you what it's like. He wanted to give him an illustration. So he front of the class, kind of like this, he had a table, and he put a container there, just like Sammy helped us with, put this container here. And then what he did, let's see here, who wants to be the next helper here? Oh, I, th I saw your hand next. So you all grab this, we're going to pretend that's a rock. So you all go around the front, come around this, yeah, and, and then put that in there. Perfect. Nope, that didn't fit. done with you yet. <coughs> You're too helpful. We want to do a little bit more. Does that seem pretty full? Yeah. Do I say it loud so you can hear? Yes. Yes, that's pretty loud. That's pretty full. 
soul. And that's what that teacher said. And that's what the teacher said. He had a container, and he put a rock in it. And we're pretending this thing is a rock. You touch it if you want to. Yeah, it is hard. And so he, he put a rock in there, and he asked all of his class, he said, is that, is that container full? And the class said, you can touch it. It's fun to touch that. It's kind of full, isn't it? Yeah. And, but he asked them, and, and they had a little different container and a little different rock. It was a real rock. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be able to find one. So I, I made this. And he asked them, is it full? And all those college students said, yeah, it's full, because it was a little bit more full than this. And ours isn't quite. And then he did what I'm about to do, and he reached under his table, and I need another volunteer. Do we have another volunteer? All right, let's have you. All right, so your hand first. I'm going to pour those in there. <coughs> oh, well, well, first. What? Let's see here. What does you want to grab one? What is that? You know what that is? It's like a black marble, huh? They're kind of pretty. But he didn't have pretty black marbles. You can pour it in your mouth. He had a bunch of little uh, gravel. Woo! Yeah, he had gravel, which is just a little rock. And he poured them in there. Then he asked the class again. He said, okay, is it full now? Yeah. Yeah. And some say, of course. And some are saying, no. Well, that's what their class was doing, a bunch of smart, hardworking, multitasking college students. Some said yes, some said no, some weren't sure. <laughs> and then, I don't have it, but he did. He reached under his table and he grabbed some sand. And he dumped a bunch of sand in there, but I wasn't able to do very good job of getting sand. But he poured a bunch of sand in there. Because sand is small, it goes in all those little extra places that are hard to get. And then he asked them again, is it full? And if I'd filled it full of sand all the way up, would it then be full? Some are saying yes, some are still saying no. So then what he did, because he had a smart group of people just like we have here, he grabbed some water. Could you help with me? You look like you're really good at pouring water. All right. So if you want to pour it in there, if we spill, you just blame me. Uh-huh. That's good, so I don't spill. I'll try to be careful. Excellent. <laughs> so, just for the sake so I don't spill, <laughs> I had her. And remind me your name? Sarah. I think you're sister of Sammy, right? You're a wonderful little girl. Um, her and her brother are super, super patient and very wonderful when we always get together for small group Bible studies. <laughs> so Sarah helped us pour water in here. And I had her stop just a teeny bit short of the top so, so I didn't make a mess. But... It's basically what now? It's pretty much to the top. But really, we could keep going and going, and because go, I could put in sugar, I could put in food coloring. We could just keep putting stuff in there, couldn't we? Yeah, and that'd be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. The little kid in me would like that. But then I remembered uh, the voices of some other people that wouldn't like it so much um, when I was growing up. So, so we just decided to stop at this. Now, that teacher asked that class full of wonderful, smart people just like you. He asked them, it's really kind of a tricky question, but he asked them, what do you think is the main point I was trying to teach? And he asked the students that. So would you, if, if you'd like to answer, you can. What, what do you think?
Okay, that's very nice. I like that. Yes. So lots of wonderful ideas. <coughs> and whether in his lesson or in mine, things like this, usually you can teach different spiritual lessons. And your idea was fantastic. And we could all come up with ideas that also be very wonderful. But what that teacher was trying to share with the students that day, he said, because he knew they were smart, they were talented, they were multi multitaskers, their, their schedule was already too full. He didn't think it was that needed. Because one of the students, when, they, when he asked them to raise their hand, one of the students in the front row was really happy with himself. And they said, well, you're trying to remind us that if we work really hard as Americans and we work really hard, we can always find a way to stuff more into our daily schedule. That's very typical for Americans. And at least him, he was trying to convey to the, to the class that no, that's absolutely not the point. He said, I already know that you're hardworking, smart, multitaskers. The last thing you need to do is have one more person show you how to stuff more time into your limited day. He said, what I wa wanted to share with you is to remind you that whether it's in your personal life or in business, it's excruciatingly very important that you must learn what comes first. It's very important what you have as your foundation. And spiritually, you got it perfectly right. Because spiritually, it's the same thing. We sing those songs, Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Now, we could take all of these things, if we had sand, if we had, use a little gravel, the rock, the water, if we use the same materials, but just simply did it in a different order, the rock wouldn't even fit. It wouldn't fit. It seems silly, and it gets a wonderful little kid's illustration. But sometimes, whether we're big people or little people, it's good to remember, if we don't start with Jesus, he, he, it's hard to get him to fit later. We want it to. We wish it would. How many times do you think Judas, in those last closing hours, wished maybe he put Jesus first? How do, you be, how, how do you think about all those people going through the wilderness and all the changes they were experiencing going through the wilderness? I mean, they were slaves. They were treated terrible. They were poor. And all of a sudden, uh, we think we're hitting pandemics, and we are, and there's more to come. They hit them in Egypt, 10 of them, one after another after another, attacking the biggest, baddest known country in the world, brought it to its knees. Overnight, God delivered them. They're having one change after another after another. And yet many of them were having a hard time putting God first. So they never made it to the promised land. If they could have done it differently and done it over, I bet you they wish they would have put him first. So you all can go back to your seats now, okay? Thank you, Sammy, for helping me. It was fantastic. Thank you all of you for helping in your patience. And then afterward, you can come up and look and even touch it if you want. Yeah, that's kind of fun, huh? <clears throat> Thank you, Sammy.
future helper for Jesus. He wants to continue to help. That's wonderful. So that, that uh, teacher, I don't know if he's a professor or not, but he was trying to make a really strong point to that class how important it was to put what's important first. What's important first. Because if we don't, things typically, you can't always do it later. Isaiah reminds us of this, if you want to turn with me in your scriptures as we look at our, our uh, text for today. Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, he writes, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy, eat. Buy grapes, buy by milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not true bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear. Come to me. Listen that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Isaiah is one of those many voices reminding people how important it is to make God your number one priority. Like the college students, we're also busy, we're smart, you're talented, you're multitaskers. Most Americans typically don't need a person telling them to cram one more thing into your busy schedule. But it is good to remember in this busy world this, this post-Christian country we live in, it is important to continue to be reminded to be putting Jesus first. The world tells us something else. If you're in the business world, you need to get ahead. If you're a stay-at-home mama, you need to get ahead of your kids. You need to start with coffee. You need to start with the television to see what's happening in the world. and You need to start with the emails so you can get ahead of your competition. The list of things to do are endless. And you know as well or better than I how easy it is to forget Jesus and not put him first. And because Jesus is patient, Jesus is kind, Jesus is loving, we can take it for granted. And like the old the heritage singers used to sing that song years ago, tomorrow. Yeah, well, yeah I'll, I'll take care of that tomorrow. But tomorrow never comes sometimes. And as the world keeps getting more broken and more fractured, more dangerous, some people won't see tomorrow for lots of different reasons. Jesus echoed the same thing. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things that God thinks that we need, which don't always line up with our opinion, but whatever God thinks we need, he'll take care of that after our life is put on him as our foundation. In his opinion, our lives are better if we put him first. Since he created us, it's only natural to think that the operator knows best on what it takes for us to operate. Now I'll give you another example. This one is a fun little hands-on one that kids like. I'll give you another one that the, the, the adults can relate to. 
Here's another example of, of what it can look like when and if we don't listen to the Creator. God created us. He knows the best way for humans to operate because He created us. And so uh, years ago, it was, uh, I think it was the year 2000, I was attending Southwestern Adventist University, and um, one of our classmates, uh, she uh, had a brand new, because the, the year was 2000, and her grandmother really wanted to encourage, help, and bless her, and it was amazing. Her grandmother bought her a brand new 2000 Volkswagen Jetta TDI, if, if, you, if you know what vehicles are. It was just loaded. It was amazing. Completely paid for, so she didn't have to worry about vehicle uh, expenses, any of that. Got great mileage, etc., etc. And uh, she was so excited. She wanted to share the excitement with her girlfriends. And so, so they went to the gas station, filled it up with gas, and they're going to go away for a fun girls' weekend and woohoo and all this kind of stuff. And it was so, and I, I heard about it. And it sounded awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and so they, you know, like I said, her grandma wanted to bless her, and it was just this wonderful vehicle. And later, when I was looking to buy a vehicle, I thought about buying it. You know, not that one, but it, the same kind of model. I mean, it's really nice. It, hers was a dark green, uh, metallic, um, nice rims. Everything was power, nice stereo sunroof, uh, tinted windows, everything you'd want in a car as a college student did have, and then some. Great. It got 55 miles to the gallon. Uh, it was really, really nice, comfortable, and really nice. Anyway, so she gets to the gas station, and <laughs> and with this little fancy Volkswagen, you know, TDI Jetta. And she, she's there, and they're in a hurry, and so she goes up to the pumps, and she, you know, is putting gasoline in it. She's all excited, can't wait to go on the trip and, and uh, pay the bill, and they get down the road, I don't know, a quarter of a mile, maybe half, and it just dies. I mean, dies. <laughs> I'm not a super mechanic. My brother and my dad are. I didn't get those genes, and I have no burden to get them. It's okay. Um, so I'm not that, I don't know that much about vehicles, but apparently she didn't either. Uh, she knew less than I did uh, because when they, they didn't have a cell phone and, and so they had to walk back to the gas station. They called a tow truck and the tow truck picked it up and they hauled it to a mechanic. The mechanic started looking around. It didn't take that long. He started asking, you know, it's a new vehicle. What'd you do? Where you been? Blah, blah, blah. And it, w it didn't take long and he discovered, well, you put you were at the gas station and you put gasoline in it. Oh, yeah, 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 filled it to the top. He said, well, you realize this is a 2000 Volkswagen Jetta TDI. It says right here. Yeah, yeah, I, said, I love it. It's fantastic. The T's for turbo. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the D stands for? Diesel. Diesel. Now, if you go to the gas station, it's the same gas station they're both liquid. They both come out of a black hose. <clears throat> but they're not interchangeable. They're not interchangeable. The smart German engineer who designed her engine, designed the creator, if you will, the creator of that vehicle, designed it in a way that it ran best and only on diesel. Now, it could be a little cheaper if she got something else in it. Like, if you want to put water in there, that'd really be cheap, too. And she thought something else would be a little cheaper that day. And she thought, well, the line was a little shorter. But doing it your way, if it doesn't match up with the intentions of the one who created the vehicle, it doesn't work so well. 
Later it takes you more time, later it takes you more money, and later it's quite stressful. Even if everybody seems to be using that at the pump. Many times the majority, when it comes to spiritual things, the majority of the world consider themselves non-Christian. So we wouldn't expect them to start their day with Jesus. But as Christians, we would do well to start our day with Jesus, just like the vehicle. If you don't do what the operator says, the creator of the vehicle, things go wrong rapidly. And it's the same with us spiritually. It, it's not a deep concept. For us to work at our best, we need to be actually hearing, appreciating, and following Jesus. That's how we work our best. If we don't, we begin to fall apart, just like her car did, quite quickly. Really nice vehicle, didn't even get a half a mile down the road. And it's not because we're saved by works, it's not because God's a stinker, it's not because God's trying to control us. God is smarter than anybody, and he knows the future. He knows what's coming. If we follow him, it's so he knows how to get us to navigate around life's challenges and get us through this life so we can have the best life possible. Verse 6 through 9, Isaiah continues to write, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than yours. As I'm invited to give seminars in different places, I, I have the privilege to meet people and hear their stories. And one time I was at a camp meeting and I heard the story of this one woman and uh, she was a mother, she had three children, she was married, a talented, very capable young lady. And uh, she said that she had been waking up at three in the morning for over a month. And she wasn't enjoying that, to put it lightly. She was very frustrated, she was very angry, <laughs> and, and it took her over a month before she decided to talk to Jesus about it. But over a month later, she decided she'd talk to God about it. And, she, and her prayer, and these are her words, she was very angry. She, she was very, had one of those uh, David-like prayers to God. She's very angry. She said, I, I don't know why I keep waking up at three in the morning. I'm very angry about this, and you should stop this. And, uh, you know, you're God. You can, you can take care of these kind of things. Please stop this and, so I don't have to keep waking up at three in the morning. I'm the one raising these kids, you know. And she had three children. And, uh, and so she was very exhausted. In her words, not mine, in her words, she said God responded to her more clearly than... In her, at least to that point in her life, God had responded to her more clearly than she's ever heard God before, according to her. In her words, she said that God responded that he was the one waking her at three in the morning, that he knew how stressful her life was. She knew what was happening. God knew what was happening. God was waking her up 
so that they could spend some rare alone time together. So that God could be, as God said to her, saving her. Apparently, God was going to do a miracle that when we read about it with other people, we think is cool, but we're so reluctant sometimes. Apparently, God was going to do a miracle and give her more energy for having met him at three in the morning. But unfortunately, like humans do, like we do sometimes, our thoughts, as Isaiah writes here, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not ours. And her response was anger. Her response was, I've got other stuff to do. Her response was, I'd be better served doing this and not spending it with Jesus. Now, I'm not a mom. I had a wonderful mother. I'm married to a wonderful wife who is a mother of two. Our kids, I think, are allergic to sleep. From the moment our daughter Megan was born, my wife never, ever, ever got eight hours of sleep for a little over five years. They didn't take a bottle. They never took a pacifier ever. They, I could count on one hand how many times they both have taken a nap in their entire life. And she never got eight hours of sleep either. And, and she's wonderful, but she's someone who operates well when she gets the sleep she needs. So though I'm not a mom, I, I, I've lived with people who are wonderful moms, and I, and I know what it's like to not get a lot of sleep as a mom, as I live with one. So I'm not trying to be cold or callous. But apparently, unless God is making a mistake, this was a rare... God's not asking all of us to wake up at 3 in the morning, praise God, for the rest of our lives. But for a limited time, apparently God was asking her to do that for a limited time for some reason so they could be together. How's your faith today? It's easy to put other things first. And because God is patient and we don't see him and touch him like the little kid's illustration, it's easy to assume that he always understands and he'll follow us around. But with God, it's supposed to be the other way. We're supposed to follow him around. According to the scriptures, he wants to be put first. And then if we put him first, our life is better not worse. We don't suffer as much. It actually helps us more. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that they may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. God knows how easy it is for all human beings to be wrong. Regardless of your political affiliation, how many people genuinely in the world thought Trump would have been president four years ago. Whether you voted for him or not or, or wanted it or not, most people didn't think it would happen. Most were quite shocked. How many people saw the pandemic coming? 
and it would be this long, and it would concern this many people, etc., etc. And it would affect so much of the world and the economy, and even socially, and etc., etc., to the point of you can barely talk about that topic without absolutely dividing everybody between I like you and I hate you and hope you die. I mean, I can't even hardly talk about it, and neither can you because it's so sensitive. Who saw that coming? Who, who really knows who's going to win the big game on Sunday? We, we struggle with how to spend our time. We weather people, it's their profession. They, they struggle trying to figure out the weather. We try to figure out who to date, and we look back and we think, oh my, why did I date that person? Human beings were all broken and flawed. Well, that'd be a great job. And then you get into it, and you're like, oh my word, why take, why'd I take this job? We're not, <coughs> we're not perfect about these kind of things. God is in eternity for thousands of years. I can't even imagine it. God has never been wrong once. He's never even put a comma in the wrong place. Ever. Ever. He gives people dreams and visions that have been perfectly correct thousands of years later. Imagine in your mind today if, if prophets in, in, in actually existed. Imagine if it, God would, would give a person a dream or a vision and say, hey, there's somebody hurting in Florida. They're being abused. I want you to pray for them. Imagine that. God is just embarrassingly exacting and perfect. And myself included, it's so easy for all human beings. It's so easy to totally ignore the little children's illustration and not put him first. And because the problem, <coughs> the problem isn't America, the problem isn't Democrats and Republicans, the problem isn't skin, the problem isn't male or female, the problem isn't all the stuff that everybody keeps telling us. The problem is right here in everybody's own brain, and the Bible calls it sin. And the only solution is Jesus. And yet how ironic, the majority of the world want nothing to do with the only, and I mean the only thing that is the solution. And I realize today I'm, my aim is to encourage the choir who already knows this. So my hope isn't to speak down to you. My hope that is coming through <coughs> is that I'm, I'm speaking up to you and I'm encouraging you as people who already know this as people who are already, different people have different definitions of the remnant, but the very fact that you're attending church and you still think God is real and he's good and he cares and he's kind, that puts you in an extremely rare group. So my hope and my encouragement today is that you will continue, you'll continue. It's unfortunate that you're one of the rare people, but uh, my prayer is that you'll continue to be one of those people that takes time to put Jesus first. 
and I haven't been a pastor most of my life, so this isn't me. Well, your job is to do that, so it's ni so nice for you. Over 80% of pastors never retire pastors because apparently something's not so easy, which is an irrelevant topic to you because you're not ministers. But I bring it up to say, I'm not saying it because it's so easy for me and hard for you. I'm saying it's an issue for all human beings. Continue, continue to be putting Jesus first. If you're young, it's not popular. If you're middle-aged and an adult or college, it's not popular. If you're a woman, it's not popular. If, regardless of your skin color, it's not popular. If you're male, it's definitely not popular. If you're an American, it's not popular. No matter what category you want to choose to be in or other people try to put you in, it's not popular. But that doesn't make it wrong. Matthew 6.33, Jesus was very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God. Put him first. Put him first. <coughs> Martin Luther, the great uh, Christian reformer from years and years and years ago, back in the Middle Ages, he has this quote that, that I remember that I, that I find encouraging and useful. He started a whole denomination, turned the world upside down, reminded people that God's alive, he's kind, and you're saved by his generosity alone if you just say yes. He wrote a scripture that the country of Germany still uses as their Bible, started the Lutheran church, and he wrote this. He put that, I don't always know the way God is leading, but I know God. Apparently for this great reformer, he thought it was okay not to have all the answers, even though he was immensely educated. It was enough that he knew God, and God had the answers, and he just followed God. And, and, and you know that as well. Whether it was today, yesterday, this week, all of us can kind of close our eyes and have one of those prayerful moments and, and, and think of times recently even or throughout our lives where we can close our mind and think and say, yeah, I can remember times, many of them, when I put God first and he didn't let me down, that it worked. When I, I know it myself because when I put God first in my life, it works. It works. And you know that because you've done that in your lives. Isaiah 55, 10 through 12, he continues to write, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you, now God speaking through the prophet to the church people and to us today, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Even though God's ways and thoughts are very different than ours. I mean, let's admit it. God is very unique. But just because his ways and his thoughts are very different than ours doesn't make them wrong. We would also equally have to admit when we're thinking clearly 
God's ways and his thoughts are better. They're amazing and they're awesome and they're best. Our part is to do something so simple, it's almost painfully hard. And that is make sure every morning, every day, every moment of our lives, we put Jesus first. And yes, we all live in the same broken world and realizing that the current of the world is going the opposite direction. If the, if the world wants to go right, Jesus typically will say left. If the world says, hey, let's move forward, Jesus will say, no, let's sit down for a season. Jesus doesn't typically follow the world, and the world doesn't typically follow Jesus. They're in opposition to each other. So it's not surprising that we would have friction in this world. Because Jesus is on a path that he thinks is best. And as the scriptures also remind us, spiritually things are spiritually discerned. So we need to stay tuned to Jesus so that he's first and so we notice it. And we could go through a whole list of different verses on these things. The parables, the, the parables of the ten virgins where they were good, moral, ethical church people and, oh man, they had their lamps and they, wow! And Jesus showed up and they were all sleeping and they weren't putting him first. And there's story after story in the scriptures of these kinds of things. The best advice is put him first, as, as Isaiah says here, while he can be found. God's always findable. But the point is, make sure you're putting him first when you still have that desire and ability. This world has been a mess these last 12 months. And I, I mean this with all respect, as God is my witness. We have lost people in the last 12 months to coronavirus. I would imagine some of them or their family members would have loved it if they were putting Jesus first before it hit. Fifteen months ago, perhaps, in all the people who have passed away, some of them, statistically, it's possible, weren't putting Jesus first. And they didn't have the mind of God. They didn't know the future. They didn't see the coronavirus coming, and they didn't know it would get them. I bet they, some of them wish they could have put Jesus first when they had time. Regardless of your views on the coronavirus, it's not the point. You could come up with illustration after illustration. The Bible does not paint a picture where the world and America gets better. It paints the picture that this place is broken and is getting worse. It's naive to think, well, this is the last thing. Our smart scientists, and some of them are very smart, humans are not going to be able to outthink and outspend and get enough guns to outthink the end of the world, at least as God has already told us how the world is ending. It's not getting better. What the scriptures are advising, it's not me, what the scriptures are advising, while you have time, put Jesus first. If the COVID has taught us nothing else is reminding us of many Bible principles, don't count on tomorrow. And don't think that human 
in our amazingness can solve our problems. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Isaiah's word for it. CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox, social media, the list goes on and on of the sources that you probably listen to a whole lot more than I do. They're all telling us in their own unique language, in their own unique language, that this world is getting worse rapidly. Politics, people want to talk about it in, in, in political words. Financial people talk about it in financial words. Everybody has their own little words to use. The Bible would use theological words, but at the end of the day, the majority of sources out there are telling the world, hey, things are getting a little troubled here. Believe it or not. What the Bible is encouraging is please put God first while you have time to put him first. Let's pray. Father in heaven, continue to send the Holy Spirit to us as individuals, as family members, those watching online, those here today, and to our very church. It's a wonderful privilege to be able to share the importance of hearing Jesus and putting him first. And it's my hope and my expectation that, as the church cliche goes, we're just speaking to the choir, and everybody's like, well, pastor, you know, spent the last 30 minutes telling something we already know. That'd be fantastic. Because it's better to continue to build ourselves up in Jesus when it's easy versus after it's too late. So those who are already putting Jesus first, may they just continue to have that desire and ability. And if there is, perchance, somebody who isn't, just continue to uh, send your Holy Spirit, send the angels. Uh, may they continue to have that hard-to-explain burden. And may they put you first. We ask this all in your name, Jesus.